Welcome to the Effortless Swimming Podcast, the show that helps swimmers and triathletes love the water, become a better swimmer, and live a better life. Here's your host, Brenton Ford. Are you tired of feeling heavy, slow, and short on confidence with your swimming? Are you frustrated with your progress in the water? Well, I've got the solution for you. Introducing the Effortless Swimming Membership the only 100% online swimming program that uses five proven principles to increase your speed and endurance in the water by building on your existing technique. Whether you're a beginner, a casual swimmer, or a competitive athlete or triathlete, the Effortless Swimming Membership Program is designed to help you become a faster, more confident swimmer in any distance, no matter what your experience level is. Imagine swimming with ease and feeling like you belong in the water, and finally breaking through those frustrating plateaus. With my program, you'll get access to the structured, bite-sized, on-demand lessons that you can follow at your own pace, right on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. My coaching is built on five highly specific principles to help you achieve more speed and confidence in the water. And I simplify important technical concepts into easy to follow cues and clearly identify your next steps without overwhelming you with details. So what are you waiting for? Transform your swimming experience today and join the Effortless Swimming membership program at effortlesswimming.com and start your journey towards becoming a faster, more confident swimmer today. It also includes the new fly, back, and breaststroke courses that I've filmed with our guest today, Sam Ashby. So check those out inside the Effortless Swimming membership at effortlesswimming.com. Welcome to the Effortless Swimming podcast. My guest today is Mr. Sam Ashby, the OG, and I'll explain (laughs) why in a second. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brenty. Nice to be here. So the reason I called you the OG is because in 2008, we recorded our first, I recorded the first product that we ever released, which was a freestyle course called Mastering Freestyle. And you were the the swimmer, you were the star in this course. And this is when you were back competing at a well national level and you ended up making the Australian team. And yeah, you were there 2008, 15 years ago. I can't believe how much time has flown. <laughs> And, and what's, I guess, happened in those 15 years is, well, you made the Australian team, which was, which was fantastic. You've also coached and had people achieve national medals. And now you're, you're coaching with us. You're running our flyback and breast clinics and you've, we've just finished filming our flyback and breast courses as well. So it's great to have you on the team and, and working together and also just learning from, from you and your expertise because you, uh, terrific swimmer when you're swimming competitively and also a, a well-experienced coach, very thoughtful coach. And I've enjoyed just watching you work with the swimmers at the the clinics and helping them improve. And the feedback that I've got from a lot of the parents, especially especially in breaststroke, I think that's like your, re- your real strength. Like you've had swimmers who have come to clinics and won national gold medals. They've medaled or finaled at, at state championships. And I think the results that you've got with a lot of those kids who have come to clinics have been Unreal. So what I want to talk about on this clinic is fly back and breast. I know we talk mostly about freestyle because a lot of triathletes listen to this and open water swimmers listen to this, but it's good to do other strokes. It's good to do some backstroke to get the arms going in a different direction, the body moving differently. And you can certainly learn and develop feel for the water with the other strokes. So I think it's useful as some recovery, useful as developing your swimming. So even if you're not doing much of these other strokes, I want to have this as a really actionable podcast so that people can listen to this and take some key things away so that when they get to the pool next time, they're a bit more comfortable, a bit more efficient swimming these other three strokes. So that's that's my goal on the, the podcast today. So after that long-winded intro, <laughs> do you want to give a, a a bit of a background on your swimming journey? Because we grew up together as as kids. We were down in Gippsland for a couple of years swimming together. So that's how we, we met. Yep. And then you, you moved to Melbourne after that. So we've known each other for a very long time and you've had a a long career in swimming competitively and and coaching. So do you want to just go through that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. First, let's, it's, I love working with you, mate. It's, it's the, the best thing about swimming for me was always being part of a great team because, you know, results come and go, you have good meets, you have not so good meets, you have good seasons, you have not so good seasons, but when you've got a really tight team around you, that makes a difference. That makes, makes the hard work fun. So, yeah, being able to work with you on effortless swimming again is is a pleasure going on, you know, the, just the car rides we have or the flights or, you know, <laughs> missing a flight and then being able to talk about it. So, 
Yeah, no, that's good. And I just want to, ironically, like the, the first ever freestyle clinic, or not clinic, sorry, but the product, Mastering Freestyle, my butterfly was faster than my freestyle. So I have a faster 100 butterfly PB than I do a 100 freestyle PB. So I'm glad you've moved on from my freestyle. <laughs> what, what was your 100 fly PB? 52-1. 52-1. Yeah, 52-1 at the semifinals of the World Championships in Shanghai in 2011. What do you think you could do now? <laughs> <laughs> if I could break a minute, I'd have to put some effort into breaking a minute. But actually, like, so I finished, I missed the Olympics in 2012. I had a, I had a sort of a pathway before missing, well, not before missing, but leading up to the competition was I make World Olympic Games and continue swimming or I miss the Olympic Games and I travel with my brother through Europe. And so I missed the games, but then had the consolation prize, you could say, of, of being able to travel with my brother and my best friend through Europe for eight months. So that was my consolation prize. But when I was away overseas, I got to have some really nice reflection on the sport and I still love the sport. I still love the people involved with the sport. I love the fact that it's once you're in the pool, you're in next to nothing. You're practically naked aside from, you know, some bathing material and your goggles and cap and you earn respect and credit through being a good teammate and through working hard, not not who you are or what you're wearing or what your job is. So the, the, I find the pool is a, is a great equaliser. And so I, that's a nice aspect of the sport that I love to be involved with. It doesn't matter yet what background you're from. Are you a good teammate? Can you train hard? They're the two things that people like the most when you're in the pool. So, yeah, got into coaching, coached at MLC, had some really good success. I had a state squad and transitioned that into a national squad, then went over and worked with our good friend Ash Delaney, who's now in Sunshine Coast, doing absolutely amazing things up there. So we coached together for two years. And again, working with your friends is just a ball. And then I moved down to Geelong and was the head coach of Geelong Swimming Club for four years. And that was that was tough work, but it was really rewarding. Yeah, taking a squad of three national swimmers at the time up to a squad of 17 national swimmers. And, and just the momentum that you get from that. And and I couldn't have done it without another coach, Lucky Wurikodi, who's a very good friend and my sort of mentor and idol as well. So we used to kind of like what you and I do. We'd, we'd just we'd go over to each other's houses. We would we would banter. We would talk. We would plan. And then, yes, I had four, four good, tough years of that. And then middle of last year, I finished up. Unfortunately, I was just a bit burnt out. To like four o'clock get ups, like most mornings, eight o'clock get homes at night, working during the day, working on the weekend. And I didn't want to leave the sport disenchanted or, or not enjoying it or not being in love with it because I do love it. So I wanted to keep it that way. So finished up not really knowing what I was going to do. And then obviously just conversations with you and myself and opportunities arise and, and here we are. Yeah, I was speaking to to my dad about this too because he was your coach growing up, like he was mine, and a and second so, father and a mentor for sure. Love, love Brian Ford. Hi, Brian. So, <laughs> so I'm sure he's going to listen to this as well. So I uh, hope so. Hey, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, we were chatting when you resigned, and he said, "Oh, it's, it'd be a great waste for you to not be in swimming still, just with your knowledge and experience." So it's been awesome to have you being able to to work with swimmers still and i think like what we do with the technique clinics we do the filming do the analysis and it's just a very intensive couple of hours where we're working just on technique where you can have a big impact on mm. someone and you can just deep dive into technique which is very hard to do with a squad of 15 to, to 20 swimmers and they're primarily there for the workout so we run small group clinics maximum six swimmers so you can really have hopefully that you know that impact on someone in those couple of hours that they can then take away and and practice and especially for a lot of the the juniors that you're coaching at these clinics that can help just you know change the the course of their stroke and their swimming hopefully a couple of degrees mm. and that can actually have big big results down the the track and from what from what you in our conversations you're really enjoying that side of things being able to just you know be there and have that impact so that and just using all of your 
experience that you've built up over time, that knowledge you've built up over time, and and even continuing to refine that, working with lots of different swimmers and things like that. Yeah, like refining, I think is a key word there. It's having the opportunity to refine your knowledge because when you're a head coach and when you're in charge of a large group, you know, 20 swimmers, 30 swimmers, 40 swimmers, that's just managing, really. You're just managing a group. You don't get to and when I say exploit, I don't mean a negative exploit. I mean exploit like what you have. You don't get to exploit your knowledge. And and I'm 100% a better coach now than what I was a year ago because like anything, if you get to really hone in on one aspect, like if you think of a sport, let's say swimming, you don't just do underwater filming and technique. You do pace sets. You do weekly planning. You do macro micro cycles and all those sorts of things so it's been a real pleasure to hone in on just technique and particularly underwater footage and refine what i know and find out what works what's the because i love i love a progress all coaches love progressions and you're trying to just find what is the best or most efficient progression and where you can have the most impact so it's been a real joy for me to come out of the sport and and feeling like oh like I just didn't feel like I was just I was just tired so I didn't feel like I could have that like impact and I'm a, I'm a I love being happy like like everybody does like I like being a happy joyous person so to be able to now be back in the sport and and be happy and and exploit the knowledge and, and refine it at the same time is has been a pleasure mm. and and you're saying as well like with the underwater filming. That, that you've been doing at the, the clinics, you're picking things up that you wouldn't have seen above the water, things that you wouldn't have picked up just watching it at normal speed. And it's such a such an eye-opening thing, isn't it, when you're just going frame by frame through a video and it becomes really clear what the issue is for someone or the mistake that they're making and you can then show it to that person and, mm. and go, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's the issue. But it, it, it's very hard to pick this st- stuff up from the pool deck looking at 45 degrees in full speed. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And then having like, you might have like five seconds eyes on that person, and then you get like your dart to the next person. You have five seconds eyes on them, and then you'll be like, "Hey, Bob, you're you're dropping your elbow on your left arm. Like, keep a high elbow on that catch." But then, like, you yeah, don't get the opportunity. Like, you give them the information, but then you you don't state you can't. Like some coaches do, and that that I guess that's a difference. But like, you're trying to give everybody something to work on. But having the working with the clinics. You give them something, you show them what they're doing and you show them and then you slowly build build them up. You build their knowledge base. You go, this is what it feels like when you're dropping that elbow and this is what it feels like when you hold your elbow up higher or, you know, what, whatever it is you're working on. And then and then having that sequence of drills to, to go, okay, this is – because you can do – I love saying as the kids like – because mainly obviously with the form strokes – I'm just I'm working mainly with the kids. Every now and then we have adults, but it's mainly with the kids. And the adults are really good because they have a bit more awareness of their body. But with the kids, they need they need to be shown and, and guided a bit more with what it feels like to do things. So you can do the same drill, or one drill can have six or seven different focuses depending on what you need to work on. Mm. You could work. It could be a timing thing, like let's say single arm backstroke. You, you might need to work on your catch. Or maybe your catch is really good, but the end of your stroke is a little bit slow. So you can focus on like the the push and release. So doing having that the drill sequence that that we've been working on and I've been working on is really good because it's like all right, if you have this issue, you can do this drill and focus on this area. But then if you have another issue, you can still do the same drill but focus on this area. Mm. And and those and the kids having that one-on-one attention and having the visual of the underwater filming to go, ah, I get it now. Because in squad situations, you have your set and you've got to try to work within the set that the coach designs for everybody. Whereas with our clinics, it's six people and you can stop and start. And if you're unsure, you, you can put your hand up and, and you can refer back to things and it's the, the pace is a little bit slower. Yeah. And it's 
like a lot of times you, you'll say terms if you're in a squad, you'll, you'll use terms as a coach that the kids might not fully grasp or actually understand what it is and what they need to do. So it, it can take quite a bit of time to just go through that and have them actually understand it. So I think that's a, a big benefit of it as well. And mm. what I want to move into now is just I want to touch on some common mistakes that you've seen across the board at clinics for fly, back and breast because with the freestyle clinics that I've run for for the last nine years or so, some very common themes do occur and that gives us a, a good way of understanding what most people are doing and, and giving them some direction on what to work mm. on. So let's start with with butterfly. What are you what are you seeing there? I'll keep it at two things for each stroke. And if I sometimes I'm greedy though, so I might try to fit a third thing in. But so for butterfly, I would say it's breathing for one. So either breathing too early. So if like as soon as they're landing with their arms out the front, they'll either lift their head first and sort of drop their arms down and then lift their head out. So then they, they change their body position and it's too sharp. So you want to like have a really flat, like nice undulating fly. But if you lift your head, your elbows tend to drop down and the pressure, instead of catching that way, you end up pushing on the water down because your head is up. So the timing of the breath is really important. So like keeping a neutral head position, like catching or, or as you catch and apply the pressure back to push behind past your feet, you tilt your chin forward to breathe. Or they're like they're pulling on the water and then they're lifting their head and trying to get their arms over at the same time. So that would be like probably like the most that's the most impactful issue that I see with the butterfly technique. And and um, how do you, how are you changing that with them? So it's identifying trying to identify where to take the breath. And well even even go back from that. It's identifying that they or giving them the opportunity to feel what they're doing. So half the time they don't even know that they're lifting their head. You know, with most people, it's like they don't actually know technically like why their timing's out or what's what's going wrong. So trying to get them to go, oh, I oh, I did notice that I lift my head. And so that's the first step is always the recognition of what you're actually doing. I don't like to try to change anything without them knowing why they need to change it or what it feels like, what what they're doing, why they're consciously going, oh, yeah, I do. I, I, my eyes are looking forward, so my head's up. And then so from a drill point of view, like doing butterfly pull-throughs, so like starting freestyle kick and it's just a butterfly pull-through and then they'll recover underneath their body, right? And then so do that to start with so they get the feeling. You want to catch first, then press through and out the back. Okay, and then where do you want the breath? You want to initiate like a breath between like as you're catching to like maybe just when you've caught and you're pressing underneath your body. So between like initiating the catch and when your hands are underneath your body is when you want to initiate the breath. Um, so just, yeah, the butterfly pull throughs. And then from there you can, you might like work on single arm butterfly, right? And so like single arm butterfly, a thousand different things to focus on from, but you can focus on your breath timing with just one arm. So you're not getting as fatigued having to do two arms so you can get more repetition in. This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by our sponsor, Form Smart Swim Goggles. They're more than a pair of goggles. Meet the world's most powerful swim platform. See yourself improve with Form Smart Swim Goggles, including a free one-year membership when you purchase your goggles for only $249 US dollars. They've currently changed up their offer where you can now get the goggles and you have one year membership included for free. And if you'd like to continue with the membership going forwards, it's only 15 US dollars a month where you get access to their workouts, training plans and custom workout builder. But you'll always have access to the real-time data in the goggles, so you never lose access to that. My favorite thing about the form goggles is having the instant feedback of what times you're doing, what stroke rate you're doing, and also the ability to see what your heart rate is. Because never before have we been able to have these immediate feedback heads up display where it's actually telling you what your intervals are. So when I wear the goggles in training, I like that I know my split for the first 
50 and the 100 and the 150. So every single lap, I'm getting that feedback on what my pace is. And I find it's such an important tool for being able to not only have different gears where you can switch between the different speeds that you want to swim, but it helps you develop those gears and it helps you intuitively know how fast you need to go before you're going to blow up or before you're going to go a little bit too hard. So it helps you just get really good at judging your pace for when you do go to a race. And even if you're not wearing the goggles in a race, it's that intuition and that ability to develop your pacing that these goggles can really help with. To get your pair of form goggles and save 15% off, use our link formswim.com forward slash effortless or use the coupon effortless at checkout and that will get you 15% off your pair of goggles using our special link formswim.com forward slash effortless or the code effortless at checkout. And that's the thing, it's it's such a high strength stroke. Like it requires a lot of strength. It's very fatiguing. Mm-hmm. So just breaking it down with some drills and yeah, having that single focus with whatever drill it is, is a, is a great way to start to to make that transition. So, so that's a good one. So the breath timing with butterfly, what's the, yeah. the second one? Probably, oh, there's like, so some, this is where I'm going to be a bit cheeky. So like maybe like people like coming in and like, hitting their hands together and then like kind of maybe diving down into the water and then like then almost taking like a breaststroke stroke out. So you kind of just want to land shoulder width apart with your thumbs slightly down. So then from that position, you can hook straight away. Whereas if you bash your hands together, the point from there to there is is almost dead space. There's no you don't get much power unless you're extremely flexible. Like I had the luxury of being flexible, not so like I still am now, I guess, but like for most people being able to put their arms up behind their head is, is quite difficult. So yeah, you just want to land shoulder width apart, but like that's, but I would say the rhythm, which is a really hard one to get the rhythm and butterfly, the timing, I would say is is probably of all the strokes the most difficult to get because it requires that strength. And because you can't just do lap after lap of butterfly like you can with breaststroke or you can with freestyle or backstroke, you just can't get as many reps in. So trying to learn the rhythm of butterfly, which is like, and and then like the flexibility, like there's so many moving parts in the rhythm of butterfly, like kick when your hands enter, but you want to, you want to have the flexibility to be able to like have your arm land behind your head rather than your arm falling in front of you and then you know kick when you exit and then using that kick to push the hand and throw the arm over so you, then you'll ask me all right sam how do you how do you work on that and that that like that that is probably the biggest challenge in in the clinics is to and within half let's say within 40 minutes try to get them used to for those that struggle with the rhythm how like how like how do we do it start off with the fly kick first because like they've like the fly kick they've got to want to have like a nice so like arms above head you know how you do like a freestyle kick with your arms above the head for the freestyle clinics similar thing for butterfly so arms above head just get the feeling of of kicking from your chest and out your toes and trying to have a constant rhythmic kick rather than like a kick and then stop, kick, and then stop. And then let's go back to single arm. So you go, you, and you're, you're going to breathe to the side. So I like breathing to the side because it just makes, you want to make the drill as easy as possible to have an impact for what you want to focus on. So I don't like doing single arm breathing to the front unless I want to focus on the breath timing because it's quite difficult swimming fly breathing to the front. So breathe to the side and then focus on the rhythm. So as you enter, you know, kick glide take the stroke kick again so like you're getting the rhythm with one arm same drill different focus and the answer the answer yeah there is it's like progress through it don't try and just swim and then try and get your rhythm build it up from an, an easy starting position and then yep. progress through there and as i was putting together all of these these drills that you, you know that we, that we film for the, the courses that we've got on our website now. It's one of the things that I liked when I was going through the, the actual video is like the, the hand exit, like making sure that you're 
I can't remember the terminology that you used, but it was like about sort of yeah, pressing back, but you're just looking to like sweep the hands. Yeah. I think yeah, clearing, clearing the, the hips. hips. That's a good one. Yeah, clearing yep. the hips. So as the hands push back, you're clearing the hips to help them come over because people often, uh, they either get a bit stuck there and then they can't get their arms over or people are actually like really wide at the back of the stroke. And that is a strength mm. thing. But so many, so many swimmers are, are doing their, their catch and then their exit is like 30 centimetres wide of the hips. Like there's just no, there's no power there and they're not finishing far enough back. And obviously, yes, it requires strength, but if you can yeah, clear the hips like you're talking, it just helps transition into that nice recovery. And I see, I see a similar thing in freestyle where people typically pushing back too far and they get stuck and their arms straight and they haven't cleared the hips and then they have trouble getting over and the mm. whole rhythm is is out of... Yeah, and they kind of like muscle, like they, they have to like use, instead of using the, because it's all about momentum, right? Rhythm and momentum, all strokes. So if you're like, if you stop your momentum or your rhythm by like pushing back and leaving your arms by your hips, the only, like you'll then have to use your muscles to then pull your arm over. It doesn't matter if it's fly or free, but if you're using the momentum of pressing through and then pressing out the back and press and lift, that's that's easy momentum to get the arm up. And then all then all you need to do is just have a light press, say for freestyle or fly. Fly, you want to try to throw the arm over. Freestyle, like, you know, get it up, the elbow up nice and high and then just slide in through the entry. Yeah, energy conservation. And now, so that's butterfly. What about what about backstroke? Head position for sure, but in, and most people would know or at least heard of that. But like for those that haven't, like it's a it's a tricky stroke because you can't see where you're going. So people have a tendency to just lift their head up too much. So go on the side here, like lift up, and they're either looking down at their toes or they're looking at the lane rope, or maybe they're looking to see that who's behind them. And it just will just drop their hips. Like, you know, if your head's up, it's like if you go watch the form stroke videos, we actually do one of the drills where lifting the head out of the water, kicking for half a lap, and then kicking with like letting the head rest back. And you, you, you see like visually perfect, like the hips, as the head goes back, the hips just lift up. And, you know, just think if, you, if your hips are in the water, okay, let's say that's the head and you've got your head up and your hips are down, you're either carrying water on your hips and trying to move through the water or you, your body's on an arc and, like, the water's just, like, you're just pushing through too much water. Get the head down. The hips should come up a little bit. It's also tied to how big your kick is as well. But, like, if you think, like, head back, toes up to the surface, you're generally going to have a much better body position. And it's, it's essentially like the face that you just want out of the water, right? Like, a lot of people have their ears out. You've got mm. to cover the ears when you're, when you're doing back. Yeah, well, you, yeah, you, like think like the water's like cutting down the side of your face. Like, mm. yeah, like it's kind of like slicing off your ears almost. That's like a really good like position to be in. And I think a, a really sort of basic thing there is that a lot of people have goggles <clears throat> that don't allow them to see peripherally, peripherally enough when they're swimming and so they have to like look down to see where they're going and i'm talking from like experience as well i've got different sets of goggles and some goggles i just can't see where i'm going so i either hit the lane rope or i've just got to have <laughs> my head up so if you get some goggles that do just allow that vision off to the sides like i, I love the the swedish goggles which i don't know i don't think they're cool anymore but i, I love the swedish goggles they're always uh, going to be cool always yeah. <laughs> they'll never not be cool they're like, yeah, I still buy them and uh, yeah, I wear them wear them quite a bit. But like they, they're great for backstroke because they're clear on the sides and you can just see where that lane rope is. So just get the right set of goggles if you do like backstroke and you can't see where you're going. Try something like the Swedish ones or there are some that do have you know, a bit probably more comfortable for people. But that's just, I think, something that's not spoken about very much. No, yeah, good point. And I guess it's like, you know, swimmers, if you're growing up in squad swimming, you, you, you kind of just learn. Like you just, it's just things that you pick up along the way. But yeah, Swedish goggles, it's great because you can just like dart your eye to the side. You don't have to move your head at all. Just dart the eye, have a look at the lane rope. Yep, still there, have it crossed over. I'm not going to hit someone in the head, come in the other way and off you go. But it's repetition as well. Like it's an awkward stroke to do because you can't see. 
But do you think like how comfortable, if you're not comfortable doing backstroke, how often are you doing backstroke? Because that that's, that's a huge thing is how like the repetition, like if the more you do something, the more comfortable you become with it. So mm. um, I think it, yeah, a lot of it has to do with how many how many laps of backstroke you're doing compared to freestyle. Like how comfortable are you doing freestyle? Very comfortable because you do so much of it and you get the bonus of seeing backstroke, can't see what you're doing and you don't do not nearly as much to get comfortable with it. Mm. And it's a, I think it's a really good stroke to help with your freestyle. Some of the reasons that we spoke about, like working the arms in another direction, but the catch is the same, but just on your back mm. and you're working your kick really well too. I mean, you're, you're really working that like, well, if it was freestyle, it's up kick, but with backstroke, it's like the down kick sort of thing. You're working in the other direction really nicely. And it's just good for working on core strength and stability through there too, because backstroke requires good core strength to hold the, the hips up and the legs up. Yep. And that translates really nicely into to freestyle as well. So I think, yeah, if you can get more comfortable doing backstroke, it's a great one to throw into the to the mix. Would you would you say another one, a common mistake that you see is like the entry and recovery for people, like a, a bent arm coming through rather than a than a straight arm in line yep. with the shoulder? Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, like and it's so easy like, let's see if I can move this up. Like, for whatever reason, like, I guess it's, like, it actually takes a bit more effort to, like, kind of lock your arm or to have a straight arm. Like, when you want it above your head, like, to do that, you know, I've got to, like, kind of flex and work hard to hold that position. Whereas, like, if I put my arm up above my head, like, if you're asking that you got a question for the teacher in the classroom, you know, that probably feels, that for me, that feels comfortable right now. And for those listening, you've got a, a bent elbow, your hand sort of crossing your center line up above your head. Absolutely. So like, you know, if you're coming over and, and that's, you know, but that's not a very strong position to be in when you're swimming, you know, cutting across the other side, other lot, like, you know, my nose is the center line, my arm and hand is, is above or across. And then I've got to, I'll have to like sweep out, no strong catch until it's past my body sort of thing. So trying to like, and you then, but it actually comes from the shoulders. So it's like, I like thinking like leading your backstroke through your shoulders. So like, mm. say you finish a stroke off, pop the shoulder, let the arm like follow the line of the shoulder. And then as you're at your highest point, you want to sort of drop your shoulder into the water. The opposite shoulder is going to pop out of the water and just, like sort of land your hand to the side of your ear and that's about you know that's perfect like perfect catch i'm not even in the water but that's like that works about right so like lead the stroke through the shoulder lengthen the arm like you have a relaxed hand but lengthen the arm as you're coming over and then just slot like enter to the side of your ear Mm. yeah rather than like yeah just it's not intentionally lazy but it's just like just a bit like when that's just like you don't have that extra effort into like locking your arm out. And I, and I think, well, first of all, it's from people not knowing what they should be doing and they think, well, okay, I've got to bring my arm over. In freestyle, I have a bent elbow, so I'll do the same thing in backstroke. Mm. So they, they come over that way. But it's, yeah, it's a slightly different recovery with that straighter arm, elbows locked out a little bit and then, yeah, getting it, it over there. And if you can, if you can do that correctly, I find... Like it just makes your whole body and your stroke so much longer and straighter because if you're coming over with these these bent arms, there's a lot of wriggle going on and there's a lot of side to side movement. <laughs> kind of like a disco. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Where uh, yeah, I can't think of another analogy for what we want to do with the straight arms, but it's we'll, we'll have to come back on that one. Yeah, let me think <laughs> so, about that one. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, that's a big one that that I see if I'm yeah, coaching backstroke. Mm. Let's move on to, to breaststroke. This is this is your bread and butter, I think, when it comes to coaching. This is what you're very good at helping people with. So what, what are some of these common breaststroke mistakes? We'll go like generic one and a common one like us is, is the kick, is the breaststroke kick. And it's the, it comes from learn to swim. I don't want to, I, I could, we could have a whole podcast about just, teaching breaststroke at learn to swim level but i'll uh, maybe save that for another time i don't know if too many people want to hear me yap on about breaststroke and learn to swim but 
effectively, like when they teach learn, breaststroke at the learn to swim level, like they kind of like get the they teach the kids to get the heels up to their bum. Come back a little bit. So like, let's pretend they're the knees, they're the feet, hands are the feet, elbows are the knees. They'll like get them to bring their knees out to the side and the heels up to their bottom. Then they'll turn their feet out and then they'll kick out and then around. Yeah, like a frog frog kick. They exactly, teach that. exactly. Yeah. So that's a coach's nightmare. That is. <laughs> so we, I, and I'm really actually, I'm, I'm real pleased with the how we how we do the breaststroke kick, and it, it's and it's really effective. And it's just like you know, put them on the wall next to the wall, vertical kick, and then go through the different stages of the breaststroke kick. So like heels up, okay, get just get used to heels up, heels up, relax, heels up, relax. And then go, okay, what does it feel like when my heels are up but my knees are still in line with my hips and then turning the toes out, turning the toes out. Okay? And then it's repetition, it, trying to get their brain to function down to their feet. Okay, knees are still in line with my hips, turning the feet out. All right, then from that position, you know, kick down. What does it feel like to kick down with your knees in line with your hips and your feet turned out mm. and build them up? build them up so and like it's such an easy thing to do and it and it has such a positive impact with with majority of the kids that we're doing it with because they don't know any different and then they the sad thing is that if they're taught like that so then in the future when they're 14 15 16 they're like oh i'm not a breaststroker no i can't swim breaststroke because i can't because they can't do the kick or they're taught the kick wrong where it's like, no, you can still swim breaststroke. Like there's so breaststroke is more is probably more about drag reduction than than any any other stroke. You're trying to minimize the amount of drag you create. So if like let's say you're a big, you know, strong person, got really, you know, maybe you're a butterfly and you're really powerful, but you've got like this really wonky breaststroke kick. Well, just do the, the smallest, tiniest kick that you can get away with. So literally like t- like come up, turn the feet, go back, but then just have a massive upper body stroke. Like mm. that's still breaststroke. You just have a tiny kick and utilize your upper body. But then, yeah. The, and the way that you go through the, the kick at the start of the, the breaststroke course or the clinics when you're running them is like it's, when you look at it, it's like, oh, that's, that's really basic. That's really simple. Yeah. <laughs> Except how else are you going to change your breaststroke kick if you don't just break it down? Like you might be able to change it like that if you think about it, but why not just break it down into the, this easy way to learn it where you're on the wall and you're doing it in these sort of, you know, three or four progressions and just, just keep it really simple to get used to that, that movement. And, yeah, like, and, and I think people, when they're watching the, the videos, they'll, they'll be like, oh, this is like this is really simple stuff, but if it was complicated, it's harder, it's harder to do. You're less likely to get it right, but simple doesn't mean ineffective in, in many cases. And, and, and I think you've, well, you, you knew this coming into it, but in the clinics, you're starting to boil down what are the foundational things that someone needs to know and what's the simplest way to, to teach it to them so they get it to, to click because you know, if you give them six hours of backstroke drills to do or breaststroke drills to do, they're not going to do them all. They're going to get confused. So we need to keep it as simple as possible. And I think that's why, like, the five-day catch challenge that we've we've got, we've had more than 10,000 people do this, this five-day course. And I think, and a lot of it's come from word of mouth because it's so simple the way that mm. we, we teach it. And so if, if you can just keep things simple, I think that's where you can get the best results but sometimes people will look at it and go oh it's too simple that it can't work <laughs> like whereas it's not going to do anything yeah um, yeah yeah but well, it's, it's, it's like, quite the opposite that's no i don't want to kind of like mark like yeah mastery in a way right like you you don't want to you're paying like you're paying a professional to make it as simple for you to understand to get the best result possible like, and I'm not saying we're masters, but like we have been in the sport for a long time. So, you know, there is an element of knowledge that we've developed over time. So, yeah, like you said, simple doesn't mean not effective. It's it's probably the opposite. The the small, the most simple you can make it, the most effective it will be. And then, 
like anything, it's like then you put your own flair and style onto it. Like maybe like having your knees that close together is too much. It's not effective for you, but like you can move your knees out slightly wider. Like, and that's where the element of bringing it back to the, to the clinics that we run on the weekends is like your, the onus on you is to explore. Like I can give you the answers. You can give them the answers, Brenton, but unless they're, they're connected with what their body's doing and willing to try something different, it won't be as effective. And it comes back to what I spoke about with the butterflies. You've got to recognize, like, how do you change it? We've got to recognize what you're doing first. Like, and so you have to be the one like thinking about it and going, oh, this is what it feels like. Ah, oh, this is what, and it feels different now. It does, it feels worse. It feels better. But unless they're engaged with it, you won't, we don't get as much impact. And, and to finish up here with the, the podcast, I, I want to leave people with a couple of key points that they could think about with each of these three strokes. So next time they're at the pool, they, if they're looking to do some, some breaststroke, what, what are some sort of simple takeaways or even cues perhaps that people could could be thinking about next time they get in the pool for each stroke? Yeah, for fly yep. back and breast. Cool. One more. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I know we're at about a 40, 40 minute mark for the podcast, but the other breaststroke because I said I'd give two. So the other breaststroke thing that I see is just swimmers not going wide, not using the outward sweep to move forward. So they might let their hands drift apart. And then on that corner catch up here, move in. But like right from the get go, like the out sweep, they're trying to like make a hole in the water and move through the hole, move through. So that's the other thing. And that's just sculling and identifying, okay, I can use my hands to move forward, even though I'm pressing out wide. So it's more um, of like a, you, you're saying it's more of like a, a, a passive movement of the arms, but they're not using it to move themselves forwards with it. Yeah, yeah. Because the upper body breaststroke stroke, the arm is like, I think of it like sailing. Like this, the boat wants to go that way, but the wind is going that way. So then how does the boat move forward if the wind's going that way? Well, they've got a sail and the sail catches the wind and pushes the boat forward. So it's same with the hands. Just because you're not planting out the front and pressing behind you doesn't mean you can't move forward. You've, you've just got to use change the pitch of your hands like that's probably a bit too much and that's just sliding. So you want to play around with the pitch of your hand and then like move forward with the out sweep. So mm. the, um, a, a good way I heard like, and I, I like that analogy of, of sailing. I th one that I heard that's kind of related is, is it's like a propeller. So a propeller, if you think of like a steamboat, then it's got this, uh, like a paddle steamer, it's got these like, flat things and it, it takes a lot of energy to sort of just move it around. And mm. So it's very inefficient. Then you've got a propeller that's got this sort of curved, you know, it's got the curved blades and that's helping it move forwards. And it's a similar thing with like your, your out sweep and your in sweep where it's, it's like you have this propeller blade to, if you've got the right angles, that's going to actually help you move forwards like that propeller blade. So similar, Definitely. similar concept. Yeah. Like that articulation for sure. Like, and yeah, so yeah, they're the two breaststrokes. So, all right. So a few tips for each of the strokes. Butterfly. Use, use fins and do short short bouts of butterflies. Try to like swim really, really good butterfly. And then as soon as you feel like your technique or your rhythm's going out, stop. Like it might, let's say you're doing like 25s, yards or meters, it doesn't matter. You do 10 25s, but you can only do about six strokes before you find your technique goes out of whack. We'll do five really, really good strokes and then some easy freestyle to the wall. And then also single arm butterfly, lots and lots of single arm butterfly. Because you can do lots of it. You can do 800 meters of single arm butterfly without not nearly the same like energy expenditure. Mm. So that would be my two, two points. Backstroke would be, yeah, for sure, playing around with your head position. And, yeah, do it wrong. Practice doing it wrong and then practice doing it better and, and see how the body feels. And then my probably my, my secret trick that I've been absolutely loving is, and thanks to Ryan Murphy, backstroke, American backstroker, phenomenal. Like what is like up there with like the best backstrokers of all time. It's like he's in the conversation. I remember listening to an interview or a podcast 
And he, from memory, does a lot of backstroke swimming with a pool boy between his groin, but he's still kicking. Mm. So, like, you know, people think, oh, pool boy, you're not allowed to kick. Whereas he's like, nah, I, st- I still kick. And I was going, what? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal too because, like, it, it, a lot of people tend to have, like, too big of a backstroke kick. So it forces them to have a shorter, tighter backstroke kick, which is really good. And it also just gives them that, like, that lift of the hips in the water so they've got, the like, a perfect body position. Mm. And that's one of the drills you've got in the, in the program too, I saw. Yeah. Yeah, mm. definitely. So that's, that's yeah, that's, that's like, like the, one of the best things I've ever seen f- to help a few different aspects of backstroke. It's such a good little trick. Yeah, I'm go- and I'm actually, I've got him on the podcast. I'm recording a podcast with him next week, actually. Ooh, so get him up over it, please. I will. <laughs> I'll remember. I'll Can I be a fanboy and just drop into the podcast and just say hi? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can do an audience and everything. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. No, so they're the two. Yeah, backstroke is play with your head position, and if you find that your your hips are dropping or you've got your kick is too big, whack a pull boy and then and keep going. Hmm. Uh, and also alternate. I know we have got to wrap wrap this up, and I apologize, but like alternate like two twenty fives backstroke swim with a pull boy. 225s backstroke swim without a pool boy, but then try to maintain the same technique and same body position and same kick intensity as you did when you did have the pool boy in. So you're mixing and matching, like it's baby steps at a time, like that that progression that I was talking about. Breaststroke, play around, yeah, I would definitely like sculling. So like freestyle kick, if you use a snorkel, like front snorkel on, and then play around with like trying to move forward with just the out sweep. Like how how far can you move forward? And you don't want to don't want to like out sweep so your hands go behind your shoulders. You still want to have like how far can I go back with these headphones? <laughs> like so, if that's your shoulder, like that's in line with your shoulders, you want to definitely go like twice as wide as your shoulders, sort of thing. So, and how far can you move forward with just an out sweep? like that and like I, I quite often see a lot of breaststroke is very narrow like the hands aren't going wider than their shoulders so like, nah, you, you've got to go wider than your shoulders and then obviously the opposite of that where people are, are going too wide and the hands are sort of past their head so mm. there for those that are that are listening and not watching on on youtube like your hands are not really going back at all there it's just the out sweep part of it and uh, yeah just getting used to that turn out of the hands to help and yeah what angle do you need to help you move move forwards there what angle turn out of the of the hands because a lot of people do just slice <laughs> their palms are down they're slicing out <laughs> and there's there's no no benefit to that whatsoever so you've got to be that you know sail or that propeller with the hands to to help initiate that movement forwards yeah well the equivalent is like karate chopping the water if you're swimming imagine swimming freestyle and, and <laughs> trying to like karate chop to like you don't you have a flat hand like to catch all that water like you don't slide karate chop or slice down because you just wouldn't go anywhere yeah yeah exactly so that and then just like a, a, again a really simple basic one is like grab your kickboard hold the kickboard at the back so you're not gripping on t- the top of the kickboard you're holding the kickboard at the back like a pincer grip and then Put your head down in the water and look at your breaststroke kick. Look at it. Like, what, what does it look like? Is Are your knees coming out way wider than your hips? Like, okay, then what does it feel like to keep your, your legs, you know, your knees in line with your hips? And visually look at it and go, okay, oh, wow, like my kick's actually pretty narrow, so that's good. Or, no, my knees are going out way too wide. I think, yeah, like looking and seeing what you're doing gives you that, it's it's not it's kind of like video the video footage but just in real time yeah and that that visual feedback is is very beneficial because most people don't have the proprioception to know exactly what they're what's going on there so if you can just look down and we say this at freestyle clinics too it's like for this this part of it if you're not if you're still crossing over in freestyle look forwards and just check see mm. if you are and see if you've you've corrected it so you can do the, the wrong thing, you know, change your head position in the wrong way, 
but to to check whether or not you're doing something correctly. So I think that that visual feedback's a, a great tool that people can use. So uh, Sammy, thank you very much for being on the the podcast. It's been been great chatting and really enjoy enjoying working with you and those people that are listening that are members they they will have seen you answering questions inside the membership and in our courses as well so now they can put a proper face and voice to the to the name yeah. so yeah uh, shout out to the members i really funnily enough like yeah not funnily enough at all but like i enjoy actually like reading some of them are so insightful when like you just read them and go wow like you'd be a really good athlete to coach like and that's what like with with adults you get you get a bit more insight a bit more what would you call it yeah just like rep rep rapport yeah rapport with with the so i really enjoy like and then and then having the feedback to say oh thanks that really worked quite well or oh, i didn't really understand what you're talking about there please explain again sam so yeah shout out to the members who i've been in comms with and yeah no nah, thanks to have i think the last time we did this brenton we were in a car driving back from a surf it would have been about 10 years ago now, maybe seven years ago. And I, I listened back and I was like, oh my gosh, Sam, like your speaking is shocking. Like I was, there were so many, <laughs> I was like, mm. and it, I was, I was quite embarrassed. So I'm quite pleased. I feel like I've done a better job at articulating myself this time around compared to after post surf, Sam. Well, there's nothing like listening back and hearing how you sound. I know I've listened back to, to podcasts and go, you've got to be better at that. Get rid of the arms, get rid of whatever yeah whatever else i'm doing yeah and there's there's always room to improve but you've you're speaking speaking well i think you communicate well at clinics and that communication is a huge a huge tool that you can use to help get your point across so i'll have to listen back to that podcast actually that'll be <laughs> early days i started this about 10 10 years ago before podcasts were cool so yeah it's ho hopefully we've both gotten better in 10 years time yeah yeah i hope so <laughs> <laughs> so I'll we'll we'll leave it there and thanks very much for for being on the podcast and I'm, I'll get you back on again. You're about to head off to to Europe and the US for some time over there mm. and we'll we'll keep this rolling because I think we've got a lot to talk about. Oh, always! I look forward to the next one. Thanks for listening to the Effortless Swimming Podcast. If you'd like us to help you become a faster, more efficient swimmer, go to www.effortlessswimming.com.